Welcome to the Boom Boom Performance Podcast, your resource for science-based training and nutrition, data-driven coaching, and education-focused content. Before we get into this podcast, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen and learn with me so that you can apply what you are about to learn, take my strategies, use these tools, and finally have some serious methods to see sustainable success with your physique, your mind, and your life. This podcast was built on the foundation of applied education, and I'm excited for you to be here so you can have that experience with me. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to the show. I'm excited about this episode. Um, man, I've been on one when it comes to self-development. I'm going to explain this in the in the beginning of this podcast, so I'm not going to do a long intro right now because I talk about why I've been so obsessed with personal development and self-development over the years um, and where that stemmed from, what my experiences were, who I sought out to learn from, and, and what the actions I took were to improve myself on all areas of my life and the four pillars. But today I'm excited because I'm going to share a little bit of uh, my thought process and what I've gathered over the years of studying the most successful individuals on the planet and seeing what the most common traits are and what traits I have tried to emulate in my own life to be more successful, be more healthy, and, and just be happier in general. Um, so I think you guys are going to really value this podcast. The reason I'm doing this podcast, uh, like many of the podcasts right now, is because we are in quarantine and I think this is the most important time to get deep with yourselves in your journal, in your meditation, and your daily practices, build a morning routine, and really challenge yourself to grow as a human individual. Yes, we can still challenge our health. Yes, we can still challenge our fitness. Yes, you should still be progressing, getting results. Shit, so many of the members of the Tailored Coaching Method are getting insane results because they have all the control in the world. They have all the time in the world, and they are using that time to focus on their body, and I love it, and I'm super excited about it, but I also have a lot of people that are doubling down on journaling meditating, creating space, and finding clarity in their own life. And that's what I want to bring to you with a lot of these podcasts. So I'm excited about this one. Before we jump into it, I want to have two quick announcements. The first one is big shout out to my good friends and our sponsor, Top Notch Nutrition. Guys, you can click the link in the description. Um, you'll go right to Top Notch Nutrition and you'll automatically save 10 to 15%. So make sure if you want to try anything by Top Notch, um, I literally take a handful of their stuff every single day. My family even takes their stuff. So I really do trust these people. Um, and they're some of the Top Notch quality, <laughs> funny, Top Notch quality supplements on the market. And I, and I mean that with all honesty. But click the link in the description because I want you guys to save 10 to 15% off if you do go buy. And the second thing is if you enjoy the show, please do me a huge favor. Share this on your story. This is a really powerful episode and I want a lot of people to hear it. So if you could take a screen screenshot of this, head over to your Instagram, post on your story and tag myself at Cody.BoomBoom. Let me know your thoughts. I want to thank you for listening. I want to share it on my story and I want to hear why you enjoyed this podcast so I can do more of them for you. All right, guys, without any further ado, let's jump into the episode. So I wanted to call this podcast the top seven success habits of highly effective people. And I might still call it that. I don't know yet because I'm still recording it, obviously. But there's also a book called <laughs> The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which if you haven't read The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, please go read it. If not, listen to it. Um, it's written by uh, Stephen or Stefan, I don't know, R. Covey. Unbelievable book. It's one of the mo most classic books. That and How to Win Friends and Influence People is unbelievable. But you could say this is the top seven success traits or top seven traits of successful people. Maybe we'll call it that. But I kind of was like... I wanted to share, so so let me let me give you some context and background on this podcast, um, and it's a lot of the podcasts I've been doing lately, given the state of the world, this quarantine and, and the COVID-19 that's going on, 
I have been obsessed with self-development, personal development for the last fuck, seven years. I went into, I did, I went and did a week. It was like a week long, uh, entrepreneurial retreat when I was 22 years old. And it was basically like you, we were on the beach all week. We had to do some kind of crazy physical activity every single day. I mean, one day we were boxing, we did the bull in the ring, which was like, you basically, you go in the middle of the ring. So if I'm the bull in the ring, everybody up lines up on the wall. Uh, there were six other guys and they ring the bell and a guy rounds, runs out and starts just wailing on you. <laughs> and he has 15 seconds to beat the shit out of you, basically. So you have to withstand 15 dudes, 15 seconds each. Or I'm sorry, six dudes, 15 seconds each was like thing. And, and really, there's no limit on how many people. You could do three guys, 10 guys. It doesn't matter. We had six people with us. Uh, excluding me. So I'm out there and for 15 seconds each, they all come out and, and just start wailing on me. Granted, I'm the smallest and youngest dude here. I think I was like a buck 60 soaking wet at the time. Um, and I, one of the guys was like an ex college football player who owned a gym. Now it was like probably had almost a hundred pounds on me. Just anyway, destroyed you. That was one day. One day we had to do this crazy workout on the beach and jumping in the cold ass water. One day we had to like sprint up this like big mountain trail and then actually do a workout with these rocks on top of the mountain and meditate up there. And then we ran down. It was just a crazy spiritual journey um, that where the whole goal was essentially to bring together guys, strip them of their material goods. So no phones during the event. We all wore the exact same thing every day. So we're all identical. Um, we all have to open up and be vulnerable and it's for them to challenge us and, and really break us down physically, mentally, and emotionally so that we can be our realest versions of ourselves, become vulnerable, and then grow. Um, and it's and it takes somebody who is is ready to accept challenge and step into fear to do that. Um, so I think it's a, a powerful thing. It, it's a scary thing for most. And a lot of people don't commit to things like that because they're afraid of it because it sounds so fucking crazy, which it does. Like when I say this out loud, like, oh yeah, I, I paid people, <laughs> mind you, I paid people and paid for my flight and hotel to fly out to California, to get my ass beat, to run up a mountain, to be challenged emotionally, to get my phone taken away from me and spend a week trying to be broken essentially. But by the end of it, you create so much clarity. So by the end of this, I actually, they did a testimonial video and I remember saying like, I feel like I've been wearing foggy contacts for a long time and I just took them out. So it's wild that you can just, you, you feel like you can see more clearly and you can think more clearly and you just have more clarity in your mind and your heart and in your soul. So, um, that was kind of like my first journey into this. And, and before that I, I read, uh, the leader who had no title and that really inspired me. And then I read the alchemist and that inspired me. And then I read the monk who sold his Ferrari that really inspired me. And I kept reading these books and then I got a Tony Robbins audio uh, experience where it was like a, a seven day workshop where you listen every day and you do these actions. And then I got loving what is and I started filling out these these journal entries every day based on that. And that's what really started pushing me. I'm like, I have to go further. I have to go further. I have to go further. And what I started doing is I started studying successful individuals. And I think this is a really good tip for people out there who just want to have a more successful life, whether we're talking about fitness, business, family, anything. I started looking at all these people and I'm like, okay, who are the people that I feel like have great families, successful businesses, and they're healthy, they're vibrant, they're energetic, they're happy, they're, they're confident. They, they give off this energy. And I started looking at these people. And I'm like, what do they do? Some of these were the authors of the books. Some of them were uh, motivational figures that you think of, uh, like Tony Robbins, like Rob Dyrdek, like Tom Bilyeu, like 
uh, Brendan Bouchard, like some of the mentors I had, Gary J. White, Steve Krebs, Luke Osifar, Andreas, like the guy I work with right now, Jason Phillips, uh, I, Sam Falsalfi from Wake Up Warrior. I started looking at all these different people, right? Some of them I knew back then. Some of the, the ones I just listed I didn't know back then. But um, nonetheless, over time, I just started studying all these individuals. I'm like, what do they have in common? What do they do? And it really boiled down to these seven things I'm going to share with you today. But what I did is I was like, I need to start acting on whatever they do because that's how I become the ultimate person. That's how I become the person I want to become. And if you listen to yesterday's podcast, I talked about shame leading to expansion. And to build into that idea, which sounds crazy, shame leading to expansion, I talked about what the purpose of life is. And, and I believe the purpose of life is expansion. And I believe that the definition of expansion of yourself is the best way to describe it is you are growing to your maximum capacity in every area of your life. And the truth is the maximum capacity of your growth potential is infinite. It's like education. You really can never know enough, right? You can't grow enough. You can always have room to improve. You can always have room to grow. So part of this conversation is not necessarily reaching an end destination, but it's, but it's being a part of the process and being a part of the journey to get there. And I think that's the big key here, right? So expansion is the act of constantly seeking growth in every area of your life. Uh, and, and again, I said this, like, there's so many ways to spin it. There's like body being balanced business. People say like health, mind, relationships, finance, people say, uh, fitness, faith, fi family finance. There's so many ways that people kind of spin this because you're not reinventing the wheel. There's four categories in life that we want to focus on. And I think it's important for people to focus on, but I started diving into those things and I started seeing what these were people are doing and they boiled down to these seven things. So today I want to share with you the seven things that I believe are, are the most common traits of the not only the most successful individuals in, in the world, but also the happiest and most fulfilled people in the world, the people who have the most purpose and, and are driven to, to seek growth and seek expansion. And they're accomplishing that expansion, that process and path of expansion. Um, so the first one is they're coachable. So I think this is really important. I think a lot of people forget this, but the most influential figures have always had mentors, role models, or coaches, whether it was through sports, whether it was a pastor, whether it was like a father figure or a bigger brother, whether it was a boss, whether it was a leader, whether it was literally a paid coach, which is usually the case, a mentor or a mastermind, they did something. And that's what actually pushed me to invest more money than I felt comfortable spending on a week to be coached and to push out, be pushed out of my comfort zone. That's what Resurrection Week was. It was a week of mentoring, essentially. It was a week of challenge and grit and grind and resistance to push myself to be better and be coached on the things I needed to be coached on. But it wasn't up until that point that I hired anybody to be a coach outside of the world of training and nutrition. And I think Great training and nutrition coaches can speak on a lot of these things I'm going to talk about today. A lot of these, these lifestyle, stress management, mindset, confidence, energy, all these things that have nothing to do with training and nutrition necessarily, but are byproducts that either A, allow you to expand more in the fitness realm, or B, they just allow you to appreciate and stay more consistent with it, um, or they directly help you get more fit. But the point being is, is they're coachable. They all invest in coaching. They all invest themselves. They're, they're, they're watching their wallet, you could say, their time and their money in coaching, in mentoring, in masterminds, in groups, in retreats, in things that are going to help them expand as an individual. And I think that's that's the, the number one trait that I see with all successful individuals is every single time you watch an interview, and I got really obsessed with doing this, um, watching different interviews of all these different CEOs and entrepreneurs and, and successful people and just trying to like learn about their life and their days, 
if you listen to them talk, they all have somebody that they're going to give credit to because nobody is self-made. Everybody has somebody that influenced them to change, to create more positivity, to create a better outcome, to challenge their own status quo, to grow and expand. And I think it's really, really important for us to see that and then in, in turn invest in that. That's why I've always had a coach. I always will have a coach. And this isn't a plug for coaching, even though that's what we do. It, it's an encouragement for you to seek guidance from somebody else. And again, when I first started, Robin Sharma was my first mentor. He has no fucking clue who I am. He's an author. <laughs> he, he wrote a lot of really great books, but he was my first mentor. He was the first person that challenged my, my thought process and my perspective. That was me being coached. Me being willing to invest my time into reading a book that will help me improve myself as a human being and as a man, as a business owner, as a coach, as a leader, as a husband, as a father – that is me being coached. That is me being coachable. And that's why this first trait is not they hire coaches. It's they are coachable. They are willing to invest their time and their money in efforts that lead to expansion, to, to growth. So I think the, the big takeaway here is, A, being coachable means that you have an open mind to change. Because if you want to become better, whatever you are doing right now either is wrong, isn't good enough, or isn't the right path. Period. Or at best, it's just not fully developed yet. So let's say you're doing the perfect thing. You're in the right place. You're on the right path. Great. But guess what? You're not where you want to be, which means that you need to A, stay consistent, keep doing what the fuck you're doing, or B, figure out how to progress and challenge that even more. So that's the biggest takeaway here. They are open-minded to change. They're open-minded to improvement. They're open-minded to being coached, to being taught. They're, they're open-minded to learning new ways of approaching things and getting better as a whole. Number two with that, that inside of that coachable, they are coachable aspect is that they are willing to invest their time and their money into self-development. And I think that's really important. There are no freebies in this game. And sometimes there are because I've had free conversations. I have free calls with people, uh, both like I've gotten free calls from people like people have gotten on the phone with me for free. And I've given free calls to people just because I know they needed to talk and they needed somebody to talk to them about some things that were deeper than the things that we can post on social media. But most of the time, you have to buy a book, you have to buy a seminar, you have to buy uh, a ticket to an event, you have to pay for coaching, you have to pay for mentoring, you have to pay for a mastermind, you have to do something. You have to invest, you have to have skin in the game. And that's really important, you have to be willing to invest. And this goes back to the idea of expansion period and the purpose of life. If you are not purposely trying to expand and get better, what are you doing? That's the theme of this, this entire week. That's the theme of quarantine <laughs> for me. Every single day, what am I doing today to get better? Period. What am I learning today? What am I executing? What am I, who am I connecting with? Every single day, I'm making a point of that because we have more time than ever to improve and to make our life better right now. This is the ultimate test, the ultimate lesson we have ever faced as a human civilization, at least in my lifetime and in most of the people listening's lifetime. Now is the time to do better. Okay, so point number one, trait number one of successful people they are coachable. They are willing to invest their time and money into being coached. They are open-minded and receiving of information that is going to lead them to growth. Number two, they are fit and healthy. There's not that many individuals who are highly accessible and happy who aren't prioritizing their health. Like Rob Deerduck, we'll take him as an example. Extremely successful. One of the most, probably the most successful skateboarder, pro skateboarder that has ever lived. Um, he is literally the star of MTV. Like, I don't know if you guys have cable, 
but go watch MTV. I get like pause the podcast and go watch. Rob Dyrdek is on MTV right now. <laughs> I guarantee ridiculousness plays on repeat all day, every day. Like it's just it's just nonstop. He he did Robin Big, then he did Fantasy Factory. Now he's ridiculous. He's become a TV star basically over the last five to ten years. It's insane. He was the leading marketer and designer for DC for a long time. He started multiple clothing companies outside of DC, and he has partnered and started starting multiple uh, multi-million dollar companies over the last few years. That's what he does now. He helps people build multi-million dollar companies, and then he walks away because he loves the creation. But the point being is extremely successful. He also has a, a couple of beautiful kids. He has a beautiful home. And he has a beautiful wife. He's very happy. And he's one of the funniest dudes you ever meet. So how does this guy who is funny, who is charming, who has all this money, who is doing all these things, like there's, there's certain things that I look at and I'm like, what is this guy doing? And one of the things he's meticulous with is his fitness. I mean, if you listen to Rob Dyrdek's interviews about his daily routines and stuff, this guy is tracking everything. He ranks his positivity, he ranks his health, he rates his sleep, he ranks his energy, he ranks his workouts, he ranks his nutrition, he tracks his diet, he tracks his weight. He literally records everything. He trains every day. So it's by no mistake that he's extremely fit. Tony Robbins trains a lot, right? With some of the most uh, highly elite successful skateboarders in the game, I'm just a skateboarder so this comes up, they all train, they work out their body, they eat well, right? Some of the most uh, high-paid actors, The Rock, Jesus Christ, Kevin Hart, <laughs> all these successful movie stars that have changed the game. The Rock has arguably changed the game inside of television, movies, production, WWE, everything. Kevin Hart has absolutely changed the game when it comes to uh, comedy, especially stand-up and acting, really. Joe Rogan is another good example. What doesn't that guy do? Jesus, he's 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 a podcaster. One of the he is the most successful podcaster. He's the the UFC announcer. He is a comedian. He was uh, the host of television shows. He does documentary. He does so many things. It's insane. He trains every day. So my point with this is simple: they are healthy. They understand that there is a a correlation. It's not a coincidence. There is a direct correlation between. Good health, what you put in your body and what you do with your body, and the success success you see in life. And there's even a direct link, not a, not a coincidence, it's a correlation, to your mood based on your activity. So the foods you put in your body and the way you move your body actually will produce endorphins and hormones in your body and chemicals that lead to more fulfillment, more happiness, better moods, less irritability, less stress, less anxiety. And that's proven. So what do we need to do to tap into this higher self being to be happier, to be more fulfilled, to be more energetic, to be more productive, to be have more clarity, to be in a better mood and less irritable, to be less stressed, to stop having anxiety? We need to train. We need to be fit. Something that you really stuck with me a, a while back was when somebody said, don't you want to weaponize your body? And I was like, man, that sounds badass. And it's true. I want to weaponize my body. I want to be capable. I want to be extremely capable. I love being able to train my ass off, come home and sprint around the house, throwing around my daughter, still have energy. I love being able to produce all day. I love being able to wake up on fire and not have to hit snooze six times. But that's because I treat my body well. And this is one of the biggest motivations is like the only way I can live my life at this higher level and continually expand in all areas is if I'm extremely fit. That's why every self-development program also includes walks, mobility, stretching, yoga, training, a greens drink in the morning, tracking your diet, eating real foods, 
it is not by mistake. So number two, the biggest trait, most common trait of successful people is they are healthy and fit. Number three, they all have a morning routine. This was one that really clicked with me at one point. And I started, you know, I read, uh, I read the perfect day formula by Craig Valentine, ended up going to the perfect day workshop. So I flew out to California and spent a couple days with Craig, um, or spent one day. It was a, it was a full day workshop with Craig going into my daily routine, my morning routine, all that stuff and learning his systems. Um, I read his perfect week formula. I'm part of his coaching group. So I actually get access to a lot of the stuff that he puts out. Um, I was coaching with him for a full year on his coaching program. Um, and that really stuck with me. Right. And then I started looking again. Rob Dyrdek, morning routine. Tony Robbins, morning routine. Kelly Williams, morning routine. Robin Sharma, morning routine. Right? Everybody had a morning routine. Even some of these athletes I really respected in soccer and football and basketball, they had morning routines. Joe Rogan, morning routine. Fitness professionals, morning routine. These business owners I knew, morning routine. Mentors I had, morning routine. I saw so many morning routines that I was like, okay, <laughs> it's time to wake up earlier and get a morning routine. Now, I don't think you necessarily need to be in the hashtag 5 a.m. club. Um, I prefer to wake up between five and five thirty personally, because, um, it, as long as I'm up before six, I get a better start on the day. And I know I will have an hour before everybody is up in the house. And I think that's the biggest takeaway for me over the years is that if I have a full hour before anybody is awake in my house and before I check any notifications, I usually push notifications out even further today. I didn't check a single notification until 10 AM. And that's usually my thing is like nine or 10 AM. I'll check them. But if I push out everything, and just focus on me first thing in the morning, at least for an hour, everything in my life is better. My entire day has more clarity. My entire day is more productive. My energy is better. I move at a faster pace. I have a better energy. I'm more confident. I communicate better. I'm less irritable and I'm in a better mood to my wife. It, it's wild, but it's all boiling down to this morning routine. And I'd have you consider that if you pull back and you kind of slow down to speed up, you'll see better results. And what I mean by that is if you slow down by taking a full hour to not work, not do anything, but just wake up early and do your morning routine, meditate, journal, read something, teach something, move, have a greens drink, whatever you need to do to shift into power and control of your day, do that in the morning. Spend the first hour of your day doing those things. For me, it's every single day. Journal, meditate, read, appreciation, greens drink. And then movement. So movement might be on a walk. It might be stretching in my living room. Greens drink is just slamming a top notch nutrition greens drink. Link in the description <laughs> to grab that. Uh, head to topnotchnutrition.com slash boom boom. Um, drink that. Uh, first thing in the morning, 20 ounces of fluid water cold. Just chug it down with creatine and greens drink and a high, and scoop of hydrate, which is like basically just a way to it, – it's placebo, right? I'm stretching my body and I'm dumping nutrients into my body first thing in the morning. It is actually going to help your metabolism, your thyroid, your nervous system, and everything like that. Like there is actually some like actual evidence to show that this does help first thing in the morning. But uh, more important than that, it's the mindset that it gives me. When I fill my body with nutrients first thing in the morning, it is almost like pushing me to have a healthier day. It is a placebo effect into a more healthy state of being throughout the day. And I love that. Um, so green drink in the morning, stretching or walking first thing in the morning. So it's not a hard training session because I train in the afternoon, but I do something for my body, mobility, stretch, go on a walk out in the cold, whatever it needs to be. Then I journal and meditate. So I usually meditate first, then journal so I can sit and meditate, collecting my thoughts, and then I journal or I'll journal if I have something on my mind and then I'll meditate on those thoughts that I journaled. Um, and then after that, I'm going to
going to sit down and read. And that's where I do something for my business. I study and then I execute. So when I read, then I go write. I write in Google Docs so I don't have to check notifications, but I'll write my Instagram post. I'll write my newsletter for the day. I'll write part of a blog. I'll do something to execute on what I just took away. Whatever I learned, whatever I journal about, something I have to execute. So it's, it's, it's learn and teach, study, execute, determine, declare, right? And then after that, it's appreciation. Something for my wife and something for somebody else. I'm going to text my mom. I'm gonna, this morning, I texted my mom. Yesterday, uh, I texted uh, my brother. Uh, the day before that, I had an hour-long conversation with Jordan Duggar, one of my good friends, and we just bullshitted for an hour just talking about life. So, but every day, I have, I have it in my notes. Like, who am I connecting with today? I have to appreciate somebody. And then I leave something for my wife. And, and this is, these are things that I've, I haven't stayed consistent with over time, like every single day for my entire life. I'm not going to sit here and say, I've done this every day for the last six years. But since I turned 22, which was five years ago, um, almost six, I learned this idea of doing these things in the morning. And I've been doing it off and on ever since. And right now, I've been really consistent. And it's, and it's a game changer during this quarantine. But the point is, is this is a very, very structured morning routine. And what I notice with other individuals, and this is not me saying I have all the traits of highly successful people. It's me saying that over the last decade, I've literally done everything in my power to study the individuals that are the most successful people on the planet, the happiest people, the most fulfilled people, the people that I strive to be like. I've literally studied their every move. I've studied their days. I've studied their relationships. I've studied their environments. I've studied their mindsets. And this is what I've come up with. So they all have some kind of morning routine and it's usually about an hour long and it usually causes them to wake up earlier and it usually focuses on the four pillars of power, your fitness, your faith, your family, your finance. And faith doesn't mean religion. Faith isn't something that you have to be religious to do. Faith is believing in someone or something. That's literally the definition of faith, which means that you can use that to believe in yourself. How do you believe in yourself more? How do you create certainty and confidence, better energy internally? You meditate, you journal, you have introspection, you read something that it challenges your thought process. You listen to a podcast like this. That's creating faith in yourself. So I really like the fitness, faith, family, finance, but any way you spin it, it's those four pillars. And that's what every single person I studied, they all focus on those things in their morning routine. And when they do those things, all of those things in their day are produced at a higher level. Number four, value connection to others. So one of the things I've noticed with people over the years is they double down on their relationships more than ever, whether that is a mentor, whether it's a coach, whether it's a friend, whether it is family, whether it's their spouse, they are constantly working to connect with other people. And a lot of times they connect with their fans, they connect with their listeners, they connect with their followers, they connect with all the people. And, and I'm not on these people's level, but I can absolutely relate to the fact that I love connecting with you guys. When I hear from you guys about the podcast, when you guys email me, when you text me uh, or DM me, I mean, most of you guys don't have my number. Um, I love that shit because it gives me a chance to, to interact with you and connect with the people that consume the content that I'm really passionate about. But in general, these individuals all focus on connecting with other individuals and they make a point to do it. And this is why part of my morning routine is to appreciate my wife and then appreciate somebody else in my life. And it's really important to connect in general. And I also see that the most successful coaching companies are connection-based coaching. It's it, it, me and Jason Phillips talk about this all the time at the Impact Collective when we do our talks. It's connection. It's the connection-based model, and it's the idea that if you create value through human connection, pff, macros are easy, training is easy, consistency is guaranteed. But it all starts with connection. Right? So when we have these coaching relationships with like all the members of the Tailored Coaching Method, 
we all have deep connections and value the deep connections we have with our clients because we know them on a personal basis. And we give them more value than they expect. And, and because of that, we have this connection-based model and we're more fulfilled, we're happier, and we're more successful because of it. And I think that's a really, really important trait that I've taken away from people over the years is that they double down on the relationships they have. They double down on connections. And most importantly, they make a point to make those connections. And I think that's the last thing I'll lead with on this point. You have to do two things. Number one, you have to seek out new connections. So I'm constantly seeking out new people in the industry, uh, people to be on my podcast. I'm, I'm asking for their number, and then I'm texting them. I'm sending them a book, and then I'm trying to connect with them. I'm trying to relate to them. I'm trying to have conversations with them because I want to connect with them, period. It's connections. It's connections with other human beings, and that's one of the most powerful ways to grow and expand in life. But more importantly, it's how you become fulfilled. We're, we're tribal beings, so we need that connection. So, so point number one with that is that you have to – Basically, force connections on yourself. You have to force yourself into connecting with people. You have to seek that out. You have to reach that out. People aren't just going to walk into your life and connect with you all the time. Sometimes you have to go out of your way to seek those individuals. And then the other side of that is that you have to set reminders for yourself to connect with the people you already know and have connected with. You know, I used to feel guilty when I did this, but I used to think like, man, it's pathetic. Like I have to set a Google calendar invite or a, or a reminder in my notes, a reminder in my phone to freaking just connect with people, to, to shoot an appreciation text, to, to leave a note for my wife, to, to, to remind myself to text Jordan and get on the phone with him, to text Sam, to text Travis, to text my friends. But it's not sad. I'm busy as hell. And it feels damn good when I do it. So what's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that because a lot of people don't do it at all. So why would I feel guilty about reminding myself to connect with loved ones. It doesn't, you know, but of course in your head you create stories. And so for me it was, it was like, man, I, it's pathetic, but I got over that and I just started doing it. And, and now every single week I have different reminders in my, my phone that tell me to connect with certain people. Um, every single day I choose a, a, an external person that's not my spouse to connect with and appreciate. Um, so no matter what, now every single day, I literally every night and I write this in my journal again, like, did you connect with somebody today? I can always say yes. And I always feel really good because I'm like, man, I'm staying in touch with all the people that I love and care about and, and to not take this to a morbid place. But I recently had a, a really hard loss in my family and that was the most challenging thing was that I just regret not reaching out more. I regret not touching base more. I regret not being there more. I regret not building and, and, and fostering the relationship to my full potential. Going back to expansion, I was not creating expansion in that relationship. I was not doing my part. Now, this is partly uh, a side of regret and guilt that just comes with death. Most people experience this, and you can't put that on yourself, and I understand that. But it doesn't change the fact that it was a feeling that occurred to me, and, and because of that, I'm more motivated than ever to make sure that I never have that feeling again. And, and most people who are very successful do this exact same thing. They have notes. They have reminders. And again, every single thing I'm talking about here, I like to use examples of my personal life so you guys can, A, know that I, uh, I walk the talk. I don't just talk about this shit. I, I, I do what I preach. Um, I practice what I preach. But also because I think it's helpful to have stories and anecdotes and experiences told to you as to how these get put into play. Because I can speak on, again, Robin Sharma, Rob Deardick, Tony Robbins, all these people I've been mentioning, and they're all successful and they have great ideas. But how does that go into play? How does that practically apply to your life? So I want to share my side of these things. But um, this, this fourth one is, is simple. They value the connection to others. They, they seek out 
new friendships. They seek out new relationships. They're constantly trying to connect and they remind themselves to consistently connect with those around them as well that are already in their lives. The next one is they seek out adversity. I think this is really, really important. Um, and, and what I mean by adversity is this is twofold. Adversity is difficulty or challenge in life, right? And, and successful people, what I've noticed over the years is they seek out adversity and challenge in two different realms. Uh, first, they seek it out so they can reflect and learn from it. This is why I think positive focus is such a powerful thing. What, why, lessons apply. And what that means is what is, what is the situation? What happened? Why is it positive? What's the lesson learned? How do you apply it? What, why, lesson apply? But you have to choose a situation that is negative. That's the whole point. It uh, challenges you to find positive in adversity. It challenges you to learn a lesson out of a negative. Learn a lesson out of a situation that did not make you happy at first. What is it? Why is it positive? What's the lesson? How do you apply that lesson to your life? So I think it's really important to do things like that. But most successful people that I've studied and learned from and, and watched over the years – they all seek out adversity. They all seek out challenges so they can grow from it. And a lot of them have these journal practices where they do the same thing. They're either meditating on it, they're talking to a mentor on it, or they're journaling about it. But they are taking situations of their life, they're changing their perspective and taking away positives. All the successful individuals in the world all have that one thing in common more than anything else probably. They know how to spin a negative into a positive. They're always looking at the brighter side. They're always trying to find the positive because they're always trying to seek growth instead of being stagnant and depressed period. The second side of adversity that they try to seek is a consistent challenge. And what I mean by that is they're doing something to challenge themselves. This is actually why I, I like doing finishers and workouts. And I actually like doing things that might push the intensity a little too hard sometimes because I think it's good for your mental capacity. And I think if you constantly challenge yourself, whether we are challenging ourselves physically mentally or emotionally, you are building a resilient self. You are building more capacity for yourself. And what that means is that you can handle more. I had a conversation with one of my clients today, actually this morning, we were on the phone and he said the thing he is noticing with these routines and these actions that he's doing is that he said that his, his ability to handle stressful situations has changed. He said things that were once very hectic to me or chaotic at work just aren't that chaotic anymore. They're not that hectic. Stressful situations in life don't seem as stressful. Nothing changed. The stressful situations are still happening. What changed is his mind. He changed his ability to handle that stress. His capacity grew. And I think that's the, the most important thing. And that's why seeking adversity is, is a very common trait of successful individuals. They, A, are constantly looking at the negative so they can find a positive and learn from it. They're seeking out that adversity to grow. And then, B, they are challenging themselves physically, mentally, and emotionally on a regular basis to create a bigger ability, to, be, to build more capacity for life, to, to build more resiliency. Again, going to back to the weaponized thing, they're weaponizing their bodies and their minds. So I think it's really important and there's a lot of common traits where people challenge themselves. And I think it's funny because you can actually look at this and you can look at Joe Rogan. Um, uh, what's the guy that he is always on? He's been on Joe Rogan a bunch of time. He runs like crazy marathons. Um, I think he has a book called Can't Stop Me or something. I'm looking through my recommended reads on uh, – uh, audible because usually it pops up. I guess I don't have it. Um, 
Can't Stop Me, I think, is the book. But it's it's I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Most of you guys will listen to this and be like, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, but he runs these crazy long races. He, he's been in uh, BUDS, which is the Navy SEAL program that like literally destroys you, breaks you down so physically and mentally um, to the point of no return to get you through, uh, to be stronger as a, as a human being, as a man, to get into the SEALs. It's the only way you can get become a Navy SEAL. Um, these guys doing Warrior Week, these guys doing all these crazy things. Like Tony Robbins has people walk on fire at his events. Like why are they doing these things? Because it's scary as fuck and it challenges you. A lot of times it's painful in some way, but it's, it's getting through pain that allows us to build strength. It's getting through pain that allows us to build strength. So this, this fifth one here is seeking out adversity. Number six, prioritizing value over income. This is a really, really important one, I think, for business owners specifically. But, but people in general, I think it, it boils down to not just income but material items in general. And people have to remember that the, the best way to grow and be successful is to not prioritize or put all your focus on income but put all your focus on value and uh, purpose like start with why is a really really powerful book uh, but it teaches you how to find your why and how to find your purpose and then in the excel with the, that drive to to achieve more but if, if the the driver is just materialistic if it is just the flashy cars and if it, if it is just the new handbag that, that your girl wants or that you as a, as a female wants, if it is the, the new rims on the car, if it is the house, if it is the clothes, if it is anything that you can show people money, it's not going to do it. It's not going to create happiness. The people that have the most successful businesses are the people who have businesses with purpose and they have value-driven goals. All these individuals I've been talking about, their goals are so far beyond money that money can't create their goals. Their goals and their values end up creating money. That's the big difference. But it all starts with focusing on the value, focusing on the purpose and doing what you love and finding your passion and really pushing forward on that realm. Um, so I think that's more important for, for anybody. It's, it's most important for uh, business owners, but just business in general. I think one of the most th common things I've seen with all these individuals who have these insane companies is that all these companies value uh, value. <laughs> they prioritize value over income. They're not companies that are money hungry. They're all companies that create change in people's lives or they're doing something for the greater good. So I think th number six is a really important one, prioritizing value over income. And the last one is really simple. They have a crystal clear vision of their goals. I think one of the most common traits of, of uh, successful individuals is that they all know exactly where they're going. They have a very clear, vivid picture of who they will become, what they will achieve, how their life will turn out. That's why Craig Valentine has the perfect day formula. I think it's one of the most powerful things you can do is write out your perfect day. Imagine your perfect life. Imagine your perfect job. Imagine your perfect schedule. Imagine your perfect body. Imagine your perfect bank account. Imagine your perfect house. Imagine your perfect family. When you can create vision, there's actually studies that show this. When you can create a vision of what you will achieve, you are 10 times more likely to actually achieve it. I don't know if the study said 10 times more, but I know they're more likely to actually achieve this success if they can envision it. And it's hard to envision, but sitting down and putting it on paper is one of those things they used in these studies to create the vision and clarity around the goal. So I think what's important here is simple. You need to journal your goals. You need to write down what you want to achieve and you need to vision who you need to become in order to get there. One of the most common traits of successful individuals is just that. They all have a very clear picture of exactly who they need to become and what they want to achieve. And more importantly, what they want to achieve determines who they need to become to get there.
So to, to encompass this, guys, the top seven traits of successful people, they're coachable. They're healthy and fit. They always have a morning routine. They value connection to others. They seek out adversity. They prioritize value over income or material goods. And last but not least, they are crystal clear on exactly what they want to achieve and who they want to become. Before I let you go, I just want to say thanks. I seriously appreciate you spending this last hour or so with me, educating yourself to get better results. It still humbles me to this day that people around the world literally have me in their headphones or their speakers just to learn. It's so empowering, and because of that, I have three quick things for you. The first one is a personal favor. Please leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. When you do this, not only does it help me learn and get better at making podcasts for you to get better results, but it helps us grow inside of iTunes, which allows us to invest more, again, to get you better results. The second thing, head over to boomboomformance.com slash sign dash up or click the link in the show notes to get your free copy of The Nutrition Hierarchy. This is everything you need to know about nutrition to change your body composition or performance inside of a manual. I take the leading evidence inside of research and all the principles, methods, and tools based on some of the top professionals in the industry, and I put them all in a book so you can learn more about your nutrition and get better results. The third thing, this is a personal invitation to shoot me a DM on Instagram or email me at cody at boomboomperformance.com. I will help you troubleshoot anything you need. This is literally an invitation to jump in my inbox and ask me anything you want and let me help you. All right, guys, that's all I got for you this time. I appreciate you being here and I'll see you next time.